Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. number three on fst it's the memorial day weekend edition thanks for joining us hopefully you're having a burger a dog i don't know a vegan dog or a tofu <laughs> burger whatever you want to do uh no judgment uh here i'm no married judgment. to a dietitian so I, I i get it like i, well, I that's good for you like mike crap all the time yeah i don't know i need a dietitian too because <laughs> it's just one of those things you know you know when you go to the grocery store i'm sitting there going wow uh what a deal on the, the ham steak what a deal on the you know what i mean all that I'm, and then i look at the healthy stuff i go i want to give those uh burgers a try 14.99 while the other ones are 6.99 that's the problem yeah with life you know what i mean and i'm a guy that likes to save at the grocery store then you start to realize uh more of the unhealthy products are in the the bargain bin where i like to shop so i got to diversify my portfolio i think that was part she's got like her master's in public health i think that was part of like her master's uh focus was uh how the cheaper foods were that much uh that much less healthy for you and yes. specifically in lower income neighborhoods yes. grocery stores do not have uh healthy options because they are more expensive and all this kind of stuff so excellent that, point look at beer too like malt liquor right you know what i mean you're going into a neighborhood oh, yeah. i'm like hey you want to get bang for your buck take a look at the alcohol content right you know you have a couple of those and you're seeing stars you're dizzy it's just uh, yeah. that's just that's just the way it goes right they sugar just, uh, salt all that kind of stuff yes. packed into the cheaper food <laughs> you know what i mean so True. Anyway, that's it i don't want to bring people down and no, my no either is, no, yeah that's like, my enjoy your weekend says, we'll worry about this as later my, <laughs> as my wife says she's she likes to be fun at parties too so she's not ever picking apart what people eat if people ask her questions she answers mm. them but she doesn't lead with hey you know you should think about maybe not putting cheese on that or what you know she's never <laughs> gonna do that so um uh, it would bother me too if she did it but uh anyway so that was great we had uh bob long on we talked a lot awesome about guy. Uh, fantasy football rankings and, and all this kind of stuff and uh, we probably could have talked to him for another hour or so but uh let's get back to we'll do a little bit more pro football here we'll talk some college football if we have some time we'll yep. do a little bit of nba free agency uh, as well since we are on the cusp of the nba finals uh we'll talk about uh, free agency a little bit too and how we see that shaking out so uh next place i wanted to go here is well let's go to my team the steelers yep uh FanDuel Sportsbook right now, uh, and I'm going to compare it to mybookie.ag. I want to make sure I have them both. They are both at, are they both at nine? Yes, they're both at nine. Yep, and I got, (sighs) at my book, I got nine and a half plus money Mm -hmm. to the over. 
So I'll definitely not be playing the Steelers at the books that I'm on that uh, have the nine and a half. That's a big hook. It's tough. In my opinion, yeah. that's a huge hook. Um, uh, if I can get nine, I, here's the thing. To, to, to Bob's point, Cleveland, until you do it, show me. You know what I mean? They, it looks good on paper right now, but it's kind of like, Mike, a fire that's smoldering. You know, you're out partying out there. You got a bushfire going. Everyone's uh, hey, let's have a couple beers, and it's getting bigger and bigger. Is anyone paying attention here? Look at the guys they have on their team and the Eagles. Baker Mayfield has one. You know what I mean? You bring it out over Beckham. I like the defense. And by the way, his players. is the only one that matters now, Cam. Odell can't come yeah. in there raising hell. I actually don't no. think he will. I don't but either. He can't do it because it, everybody else is cuttable except for Baker now. Yes, because they have a franchise quarterback. They have so many guys on that team. You know what I mean? It's like a, it's like a dream for hard knocks if they were if they were going to do 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 a feature on the Browns. But it's also and then and then you look at Kitchens, right? It's kind of like the way I looked at Cliff Kingsbury. I'm like the one story that I did, didn't like when it came in is like I know with social media we're going to take breaks in our meetings for cell phones. I I think that's ridiculous. Like I don't care what age we're in and whatever. If you can't turn off your phone for a damn hour during a film meeting or a team meeting. I think that's ludicrous. But anyway, he comes from the college ranks. Kitchens is a rookie guy. There's a lot of egos to deal with. We talked to Bob about that. These games have not been played, but people are anointing Cleveland like, oh, yeah, great. You know what I mean? I was on them when they were projected to win like two games and stuff like that. Daily dollar yeah. short. But I'm looking at them now, Mike, and I see no line value. This team now, nine and a half on my book, uh, 10, 15 cents either way. Nine and a half. The Cleveland Browns have to win 10 games you got to play the pittsburgh steelers it's just it's one of those things you don't think the steelers are, are, are reading this stuff you, you think the browns are going to be better than us this year get bent that's what that's totally, what the steelers are saying man get, i really am with you on this Bring it on. i think the browns have done a really nice job building up this roster and i think it's all there but you're putting this all on a first year head coach maybe he's got a great rela- relationship with baker and maybe he's going to find a way uh, to bring things together, new offensive coordinator, obviously, which people are excited about. Uh, so I think there's something there. But for me to ask the Browns to win 10 games, uh, I do think is a lot. It is still a competitive division. The Ravens won the division last year. The Steelers had to have everything go wrong to win, not, to go 9-6-1. and one. They lost to the Raiders, remember. They, they tied the Browns. They played a miserable game in Denver, and they were still there in Week 17 with the uh, – <laughs> yeah. Gonna, I was about to drop a bomb there. Yeah, but me too. I, I, the I do that guy that's now the, the guy that's now in Oakland <laughs> yes. trying to blow up the entire team, and they still that's, won that game. So yeah. I think the Steelers couldn't have played worse football at stretches last year, and they still went nine six and one. Yeah, and and I look at the divisional odds here on the books that I have. I have Cleveland as the favorite at plus one twenty. Like, are you, are you kidding me? The Steelers plus one ninety five. Uh, and then I look at the Ravens at plus 260. I'm like, well, what's going on here? And their wins total is eight and a half. I'm like, the Baltimore Ravens are a good football team. You don't think Lamar Jackson's going to get better. The additions they made, they got Earl Thomas in the secondary now. They're just, you know, also special teams. You get in, in a tight, tight game. You have Tucker as your kicker. It's just one of those things that I look at Baltimore and I'm like, disrespect at eight and a half. I know, obviously the wins these teams are going to beat up each other the bengal's have no chance at 18 to 1 but i think the ravens have something to say about this division too you know what i mean it's like it's I people are anointing right. cleveland plus 120 i'm looking at baltimore plus 260 mike going there's a lot to like with this team and lamar jackson if he figures out his accuracy we already know how dangerous he is on his feet they got uh, a nice little uh, re- receiving court like the speed of that team 
And Harbaugh's a smart guy. He's going to realize, go like, they got burners on the team. Hollywood Brown. Like, look, look what, are, what are the moves that these guys made? They all picked up very, very, very fast guys that could play football. Like, it, the Ravens are going to be a hell, hell to deal with, Mike. Like, I'm scared. Like, their team speed is insane. It's so good. I think I think the, the highly competitive divisions in football this year are the AFC North. It is one of them. I think that's it, a three-team yep. race. I think the AFC South is really interesting. Yes, I like I think the Colts it's, the most. But I think it's a two uh, but, team two team race there. I, I I still don't think I don't believe in the Jaguars and Titans. To me, it's you between don't the believe Colts in and, the Titans. Jags nah. is fine. I, I could see you fading them. The, the Titans, Titans. God, I don't know when they're going to get over that hump, but it, it has to happen this year if it's going to happen. I mean, Cam, they did have a what we would consider to be a bad year last year, and they true, went nine Mike. and seven and missed the two pointer in London against the Chargers. They, Good point. I like them going for it, and they didn't win, so you have to live with those consequences. But they were inches from being a ten and six team. They and drive you the nuts, though. And you know they the books are crazy, Mike. That I've gone <laughs> over on the Titans like three years in a row. It's a sweat every game, every year. I can't do it, it is. this year. It's and listen my heart. to this. Listen to this. Here are the AFC South odds, and this book is sharp. You got the Colts favorites at plus one twenty. You got Houston at plus two twenty. You got the Jags at plus three eighty. They got the Titans at plus six fifty. I'm like, that's whoa, that's insane. That's, that's crazy kinda, value. That is actually like I would have put I would have put the Titans at plus three hundred and so like I have them better than Jacksonville. I flipped them. Give me Tennessee at plus three seventy five and Jacksonville could be plus six fifty. Like if I had to do it, I think they almost need to reverse those because I, I totally don't believe in the Jaguars and Foles. I think that's a dumpster fire waiting to happen there, even though they have some good defensive parts. Tennessee, I'm with you, should not be plus six fifty. That's insane. I, I still like Colts I still are, like Indy or Houston, but that's that's crazy, yeah. Mike. <laughs> yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, so, do you think that Foles is not going to work out in Jacksonville, or you just don't? No, like I don't. The team overall. I I, don't, I just think Foles was a really good quarterback for Philadelphia's system. I think the quarterback coaches and the head coach Peterson really got him. I just don't see it really working in, in Jacksonville. I think they paid too much for him, but they obviously needed a quarterback, and uh, the Bortles experiment was a d- horrible disaster. Um, I just think there's all, also too many guys on that team that I just don't believe in the Jaguars. I look at their wins total at eight and a half. I don't see it. I think there's too many offensive deficiencies. I can really see, you know what, Foles not being, we talked about uh, Bob and his consistent consistency report. Inconsistency, I think, is going to be the model of the day for the Jaguars. When they're bad this year, Mike, I think they're going to be real bad. Like, yeah, real bad. Uh, I, 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 I just, I have say. no faith. And, I have no faith Telvin in this Smith, team. Telvin Smith stepping away uh, from football for this season, I think, was an unexpected mm-hmm. and significant blow that maybe not everybody, uh, obviously some people have spoken about it, but I think it's a, a bigger, he was a team leader. He's a team leader there. He gets criticized. Uh, he should not be, you should not be criticized in any manner for missing voluntary workouts. I've said this almost every week on the show for like a month. I understand that you want it to be a kumbaya situation and everybody pointed in the same direction and it would be ideal if everybody is there, but executives and other players and talking heads can't should not be criticizing a negotiated CBA when guys yeah. want to miss their voluntary workouts. They have lives that they can attend to and yep. they you have to have responsibility as a professional to continue to work out and be in your best shape. If it's voluntary, 
So be it. I'll see you at the mandatory minicamp, and, and people shouldn't get thrown under the bus for that. Smith gets thrown under the bus a couple of weeks later. I'm walking away from football this year to talk about my health, and it's nebulous, and nobody's really sure why, but uh, the reality is it could have been he, – he might have felt disrespected and said, why am I – killing yep. myself on the field for these guys when they turn around and throw me under the bus when I'm there on a day when I'm not supposed to be or don't have no, you bring you bring up excellent points and to that point Mike when we're looking at correlations like still talking about that division I told you Tennessee was plus 650 guess what they're so at, at a plus 60 in the division what you what do you think the wins over under should be six and a half seven yeah, seven and be. a half tops it's eight yeah. and a half Right. That's so they, the thing. Like, it's so eight the books and a half think plus they're good. 125. Yeah, the books think they're good. It's weird. The way these guys frame it up, and these guys are very, very smart. They're basically saying, Tennessee's a good team. They're just not going to win the division, and we're going to put it at this number to maybe attract a few more clicks because we believe in the Colts, and we believe in the Houston Texans as better teams. But I find it hilarious on there's no correlation between a wins total at eight and a half, even though it is to plus 130 to a team at plus 650 to win the division. That's more like yeah. a plus 350 line. So yeah. if you like I'll, Tennessee I'll to win the t- division, you're, you're getting I'll admit get on I'm it. a Titans truther, but um, yeah. I, I still think they're a good team. I, I was surprised they didn't play better last year if they still went 9-7. and seven. So the and the other team, that I, the other division I think is highly competitive is the NFC North. I think the East is two teams I've talked about. Look, I, I think it could be Washington could really surprise people, and we like the value there. But I don't honestly think they're going to win the division. I just like the value. I don't plus either. 750 for them to win the division. Uh, I just think they're better than people are saying they are because that defense is more stacked than people realize. NFC North, I think, is highly competitive. I think the Packers obviously have built the team to compete right now. The Vikings were disappointing last year but still have a lot of talent there. And the Bears won the division, even if they regress a little bit, they're going to be in the mix to win double-digit games. So I I think the NFC North is highly competitive. The NFC West is interesting because, um, well, the Rams have a kind of a Super Bowl or NFC Championship hangover. They regress. Uh, Yeah. The Hawks are obviously a really well-built team. People were hammering them. I think they did the right move. They're trying to operate under a different circumstance than they used to, Cam. Russell Wilson is one of the highest-paid guys now. They have to operate differently. Uh, Frank Clark, I think really for the long-term health of the roster, he did have to go. I do think that they made the right move there. It's hard to make those decisions, but I think they knew that they didn't want to pay him all that money in addition to what they're paying Russ Wilson and other guys. They're trying to get cheaper. What are you going to do when a guy takes up like how much percentage of the pie there? It's overwhelming, right? Seattle has yeah. to be smart. They have to build through the draft. And to their credit, like it's been amazing. Uh, we really find got great gems late in the draft. They've, they've done really well that way, and especially on the defensive side of the ball. It's unbelievable. Fourth rounders, fifth rounders, sixth rounders that end up being starters. I am a little bit concerned, though, Mike. When looking at the draft board, I understand you need another receiver. Uh, DK Metcalf is a guy that I like, but he might be limited. Like, he's one of those guys, you know, you're absolutely ripped, but they, I think he'll be dangerous with some post patterns in the end zone because of his size and strength with the ball. I kind of like Gary Jennings. I, I think that was an underrated pick in the fourth round at West 
Virginia. I watched a lot of West Virginia games because of Will Greer, and I think Jennings is just a consummate professional. He catches everything. He doesn't drop a lot of balls, and at the fourth round, I think that is a steal. The problem I have with Seattle, though, they didn't get any more offensive line depth. Like, no, I don't know what it is about Pete Carroll and this stuff. Like, it's like, dude, you're always trying to be the smartest guy in the room. You have to help them. Like, I'm about to see, you look at the Seahawks depth chart. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? I, you, now you're paying Russell Wilson all sorts of money. What? To be like, get hammered, to get hurt. He's not getting any younger, too. He's in great shape. He's a physical guy. But, Mike, come on. They could have done something. They needed to go after Metcalf. If you like the receiver, get a lineman, at least one guy for depth. They didn't do that. And that bothered they me. They did. I give Schneider uh, some credit for making moves because they came into yeah. the draft with only four picks, so he made some moves. He they take well LJ there. Collier to sort of replace Frank Clark in the long run. They only drafted one offensive lineman, a fourth rounder, Phil Haynes, who's going to be a depth guy. They signed yep. Mike Ayupati, who's been injured for three years. He was a former all-pro style offensive lineman. Those days are well behind him. Jermaine Effetti, their right tackle, is effectively a somewhat failed first-round pick who they're trying to to try to have him be consistent at right tackle. Fluker gets hurt. I mean, yeah, no, I like Fluker's him. a like... walking injury, and he's been on <laughs> his fourth or fifth team. And uh, Justin Britt is solid, and Dwayne Brown is solid, but is. a year older. Yes. So uh, I'm with you. I thought they needed to do more there at the offensive lineman. I'm glad they didn't pay a lot for DK Metcalf, and they need somebody there. Um, they do. To try to be a number one. The Doug Baldwin retirement is a big blow. It just is. And there's nothing they can do about it. Um, so, uh, but, where's but Seattle's Pete Carroll's on one of those guys. Year. He always doesn't address that situation. It's like you paid the money for Wilson, you got the shiny new beautiful Bentley, but you don't want it to get banged up. You know, like it's just yeah, it, it really bothers me, Mike. Because there, do you I like think them over a great eight chance for them. Uh, I kind of do. I think they're I think they're right there. So I think I. they're a nine win team because I think they could steal one from the Rams and the 49ers. Uh, I'm not sold out. What have they done? They have to show Garoppolo's got to show me and not beat lesser lights at the end of the season. He's got to win real games. I pick the Hawks over eight and a half, but I don't think it's going to be one of my three or four favorites. So we'll come back. I agree with you. We'll do a little college football. We'll do some NBA free agency. We'll be right back after this. It's Mike and Cam on FST Memorial Day weekend edition. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Happy Memorial Day weekend, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Mike and Cam taking you to the top of this hour. We're talking all kinds of NFL futures. We'll do some college futures. We'll do a little NBA talk yep. at the end. Uh, Got a couple a lot of golf fun. guys for you, too, Mike. Uh, just looking yeah. at the U.S. Open odds there, too. I've already clicked oh. on 
two two Let's guys two guys that. that I think you're gonna like. Uh, so right. I'll save so, that. So, for, I'll, I'll save save that. And, yes. and apparently, a, a colleague of ours, uh, something to celebrate today, known for his uh, fresh fish, beautiful scallops. Uh, Joe, uh, yeah. the fish Kalina, getting it done today. Happy birthday, Joe. We miss you, and I know we'll be uh, talking to you come football season. Loving Joe Galina. Yeah, Joe Galina, happy birthday to you, buddy, uh, on this Memorial Day weekend. His daughter graduated from... Hey, Joe Galina! <laughs> His daughter graduated from St. John's University last weekend and wow. celebrating her birthday this weekend. So it's been an action-packed May uh, for Joey G. So... All right, you wanted to look at some more divisional odds uh, yeah, just here. Just go over a couple yeah. weird numbers, Mike, and you brought up yeah. a great point about the Redskins. We're not going to say they're going to win the NFCs, but breaking down the divisions, guys, and sometimes these numbers are going to change, but the Eagles to win the division at plus 100 to me I think is insane. Uh, I, I think there's so many bad things that could happen it's with that team. Value. It's like it's a horrible pick. Even if they do, I just, yeah, it is a horrible value. You're not even getting, like, plus money. It's, like, straight yeah. up even. That's nuts. Yeah. Dallas yeah, Cowboys, I'm, I'm seeing plus uh, 125. Redskins, though, 9-1. to one. I'm seeing plus 900 on the Redskins. The Giants are 11. But out of those teams, you got to think the Redskins are pretty intriguing at 9-1. to one. The, the Eagles shouldn't be plus 100 to the Redskins, nine, plus 900. That's totally just agree. Off. The rosters are not that far apart. 14 years in a row, the NFC East divisional title has changed hands. Dallas won it last year. So we will look. Uh, I would imagine that could change hands again. Uh, I don't see Dallas necessarily running back a repeat. You got Zeke Elliott acting like an idiot at a music festival. Did you see the video? It's just like, yeah, yeah. Here's he the, didn't assault the guy, but he's acting like an idiot. What are also, you doing? he's blocking his he's blocking his girlfriend. He's a stooge, and uh, that's yeah. the thing about this guy, right? It's like, and he's one of the best. Like you know, talk about fantasy reality running backs too. He's absolutely unbelievable. But these guys just can't get out of their way, Mike. I, and I I don't know what to say or what to do. And there was another uh, basketball player I know, Marenzi, where and I were talking about on Red Heat and Rage. The guy's freaking out. They say get out from the backstage at another concert. He keeps on coming back. Like guys, like why are you doing this stuff? I know you're a professional athlete. You'll have money. The way I see it, Mike, is to stay out of trouble. Don't go out on the town, especially in these big cities. And you know what? If you want to have some guys over and, you know, they want to get laid and do whatever the hell they want, do it at home. Like, you know what I mean? Like, do it yeah. in the group that you know. Stay on your damn property and stop being menaces to society out there. Just because you're a good football player, man, you can't go around and act like a dick in public. This is me. I off, think actually. I totally I totally understand that. Would be You would want to, you know, you're young, you're rich, you're single, yeah. you want to be out on the town. I totally get it. But if you find yourself not being able to keep it together, together. <laughs> then do what Cam says. Look, I hung out. Look, he was a little older. He was a veteran. He was also a married guy. But I hung out with an NFL player one night. And mm -hmm. you probably know this. The NFL has a free car service at all times it's for every player. Yeah. You do not have to drive. So whenever those guys get pulled over for DUI, just know that they have, at all times, a free car service provided by the league. That is unbelievable to me, Mike. That is all time. And that's, that is, uh, so yeah, there's absolutely no excuse then. Like, you're not in the middle of nowhere, stuck, you know what I mean? And it happens yes. with regular people. You know, you could be at a, like a bush party. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, you know, we, this, that, you made some bad decisions. You know what I mean? But this, this should never happen with a professional athlete with a car service. Right. You said it. And like, the, and, and, I and the no night sympathy. I hung out with this guy, he's a former Giants player. He was a friend yep. of a friend. I didn't really know him personally. Perfectly nice guy. He's a broadcaster now. And, um, 
but he was hanging out. We were having a couple of drinks. We went to a couple of different bars. He had the car service pick him up at each place, drop him off at the next place. So there was no Amazing. trouble, no issues whatsoever. And he wasn't raising hell. He had a few drinks. He was out with his wife. We were there to have a good time as well. And uh, it, it he was obviously somebody that could keep it together if he couldn't and he was messing around and people were trying to take screenshots of him because he was hammered then i would be like maybe you shouldn't go out anymore but he was able to keep it together (laughs) zeke every time he's out you and i have talked about this before you can say oh well i didn't really do anything that one time and i apologize for that other thing and that thing didn't really happen the way that the police said it happened it's like all right how many times are you going to try to tell me that it isn't you. Like, you yeah, keep exactly. popping up in my news feed as stuff that you are around or involved in. It's just a smoke fire situation. It doesn't mean that they're uh, Bugsy Siegel or Bonnie and Clyde or any of that kind of stuff. It's just, if you're being a jackass, stay home. Just yeah. don't go out. Yeah. Yeah, don't be don't be menaces to society. I'm absolutely with you. And just because you're a professional athlete doesn't give you a, a badge to be a, to be a jerk, right? And that's uh, yeah. it really bothers me with a lot of the people they do. I same here, Mike. I, you know, Marenzi and I have hung out with a lot of uh, MMA fighters back in the day. We used to do shows in Vegas, like almost there, like on a weekly basis. It was crazy. And uh, yeah, no, we've been in a lot of situations and stuff. Yeah, there's really no excuse for it. And uh, hey, you want to have a good time? You have a good life and a lot of money. Yeah, but don't hurt other people. Don't hurt women. Don't be that uh, type of dick. And that's guy's got to he's got to change his tune i'm getting really sick and tired of seeing him oh there's a problem here it's been an ongoing thing i want to talk about uh also the nfc north is kind of interesting this is what i want to get your opinion uh the bears the favorites plus 170 plus 190 what do you think of the vikings at plus 210 it's probably the best value because this is the division that i think i'm going to have the hardest time deciding who is going to win it yeah. So in those scenarios, I probably go with the longest odds. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings won the division. They're another team that people just assume that they had an absolutely miserable season, and it wasn't where they wanted it to be. But they were at eight, seven, and one. Probably should have been eight and eight. They got a gift on that tie uh, with the late penalty on Clay yeah. Matthews. Uh, but. Um, eight and eight and everything went wrong. The problem is that that offensive line wasn't fixed. They went into the year trying, assuming that things would happen, um, would just stay together. And then they didn't. They addressed it in the first round this year, though. Garrett Bradbury is their first round pick. Similar to how the Texans addressed their offensive line early. They took a little bit of a flyer in their first round pick. But I can appreciate the two teams that were desperately in need of offensive line help in the Vikings and the Texans addressed it. So uh, also the Giants did too. The Giants' offensive line was miserable. They did trade for Kevin Zeitler, so they're continuing to try to build it. But uh, bottom line on that discussion, I I think I have to go with the longest odds there. If you ask me who I think is going to win the division, though, I'd probably say the Packers. I'd say the Packers, I think. But it's close. It's like I said, I think that's the hardest division for me. You said it, and the odds tell you. You can get a Bears at plus 170, Packers plus 190, and Vikings plus 210. The books don't know what to do. That's three legitimate chances. And what did you say, uh, the Falcons? I was looking at the Falcons at plus 375. I might pull that trigger on that. The Saints at minus 180, they're, they're getting they're older. I know they have the weapons and stuff. Probably going to get some calls after what happened in the NFC Championship game, too. But Atlanta at almost plus 400 is very enticing to me, Mike. I like the points that you brought up earlier on in the show. I think their defense is underrated, the injuries, and almost getting 
a team of that caliber at four to one looks like a pretty good bet to me. I think I might pull the trigger there. I'm 100% in on that. Uh, I, I think the Falcons are, are poised for a big bounce back, even just to make the playoffs. Plus 138, Cam. I'm in. I'm in on that. Yeah. I think the Falcons are a playoff team. I, I'll be full disclosure. My Super Bowl last year was Titans-Falcons, and neither of them made the playoffs. But the Falcons had very serious extenuating circumstances, and the Titans went 9-7 and seven and missed it. So uh, the Falcons have 138 to make the playoffs, and plus, what would you say, plus 375 uh, yeah. to win the division. I, I like those odds a lot. It doesn't mean that I think the Saints will be bad, but uh, do I think the Saints are 13-3 and three this time around? No. no. I, I think you're bum- really bummed if you're a Saints fan. Because I think that was, with this group, maybe the last best shot to take down a Super Bowl with Drew Brees. Uh, they got screwed on the call. Uh, you can, you'll can you remember it forever as a Saints fan. They really did get screwed on that call. And I thought they had a better chance to beat the Patriots than did the Rams. But the reality is, in the two playoff games that I saw them play, Brees wasn't good, and the Saints were not at their best. They did not play well against Philly, and they did not play well against the Rams. They had a huge lead in that game at home, and Goff played his tail off. It's the best game I've ever seen Jared Goff play was that NFC Championship game. But I think that was your last best shot as a Saints fan. Doesn't mean they're out of it this year by any stretch, but uh, I'm on the Falcons with the odds and the value there to take down the division. And another one, Mike, uh, before we move on to college and we'll uh, talk about the NCAA there, but I I think people are going to anoint the Chiefs like favorites there too, like the Chiefs oh, right no now way. in that division at minus one. I know where you're going. I'm, I'm all on, on the charges. Are yes, yeah. all day. You're giving me, give me plus two hundred. Sign me up. I can't. I, I could I, make an I, argument that that's the best <laughs> roster in the entire league. You could. And another thing is, I told you, I I think Mahomes is a great quarterback, but second year regression. The Tyree Kill story. Williams overrated running back. There's a lot of things about Kansas City that fell well. Uh, them to at minus one sixty. I'm probably going to take the wins under because I think the Chargers uh, could steal a few. Maybe the Broncos could upset them. Remember remember that game, too, where uh, Mahomes needed that crazy late uh, fourth quarter comeback against Denver on the road in Mile High. That was a bad Broncos team. I'm just thinking the Chiefs are a little bit overrated by the betting market right now, and I would have the Chargers favor that division. I would have switched the so, odds again, and I'm yeah. on the lightning bolts. Yeah, I, I think the bolts right now, FanDuel Sportsbook, minus 145 for the over of 9.5. The mm-hmm. Chiefs, on the flip side, are an over of 10.5. I'd be under on the Chiefs. I'm in on the Chargers. Let's take a look at their schedule right now, just so we're not uh, yeah. lighting our money wild. on fire, <laughs> yeah. because it, it, could be, it could be a difficult schedule, which keeps those odds down. And I can tell you, the books are very sharp with the schedules. It's why... It's why the sharp betters last year saw some inconsistency with the Dolphins' schedule last year. And when you're playing a game or a game and a half each way, Cam, value means everything. And For it, sure. It, when, the, when the Dolphins came out at six, all the sharps jumped on it. It bumped up to six and a half, and then it went over. But here they are. Uh, they start out hosting Indianapolis. Tough game. Uh, at Detroit, hosting Houston. So they have to play the AFC South, and they're getting in September in warm weather outside. Granted, it's not much of a home field advantage, but they'll have the Colts and the Texans playing in California, San Diego heat uh, in September. That's two lucky breaks on the schedule so far because those two teams are at home. Then they go to Miami, Denver, 
hosting Denver, hosting Pittsburgh, another break in the schedule. They get another tough team at home, at Tennessee, at Chicago. That's tough. Uh, They host Green Bay, another good team, at home. Go to the Raiders, hosting Kansas City, at Denver, at Jacksonville. Hosting Minnesota, hosting the Raiders at Kansas City. Cam, we just talked about five teams that are in the playoff mix that they have to play. All yeah. of those are home games. Yep, yep. They're all home <laughs> games, though. Yep. That's good. Yeah, that is good. That is good. It's a tough schedule, though, Mike. When you when you list That's those teams, I'm like, there's a lot of uh, damage there. I just, I'm, I'm just really, you know, and you, you, and you know this in the NFL. It's usually the NFC South. Like you look at the worst team, and usually they can win the division next year. It's it's like you can put that on autopilot. It happens all the time. Teams get better. Yeah. Think things change, and I think it's going to be with Kansas City. I see regression there. I really like Tampa Bay too for their wins total. Till I saw that uh, debacle of a road schedule, and if I'm Bruce Arians, I'm like literally on the blower to the league every minute of every day. I go, I can't believe you've done this to our team. It's just wrong. Like you know, team should have a road a road slate like that. You know what I mean? I think it's, they're on the road awful. for six weeks or something yes, crazy seven like in a row, Six they, or seven in a row. It's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, and the Jets, on. I think, have a, a, a tough schedule to get it started, uh, too. Um, so they're going to have a tough one. Let, let's do that. Let's do that schedule to, to give you a sense of what Tampa is looking at. They finished 5-11 and 11 last year, and here's their schedule, and then we'll, we'll flip the page over to college. So they, sure. they host the Niners at – then at the Panthers, then they host the Giants. That, that wasn't what we were talking about. Here's where it starts. Uh, at the Rams, at the Saints, host Carolina, bye week. At Tennessee, at Seattle, uh, and then Arizona. So you got one, two, three, four, five, six. There's one home game in there. Uh, that's actually yep. in London. So excuse that's me. That's correct. That, that's a London game. Th- so yes, you are. Yes. September 22nd home game. The next home game, November 10th. So they do not play a game at home for a minimum of six weeks. You don't want to bitch and complain, but that's wrong, Mike. You can, as a schedule maker, you can't do that to a team. You can't. They're all, if you're already fighting a losing battle and you got a game in London, give me a break. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's just wrong. Uh, anyway, Rams, Saints, I, I, Titans, Hawks, those are, the, those are the road games. That's brutal. Yeah, yeah it is. Abs- that is absolutely brutal. I was just looking at the college numbers, Mike. Basically, uh, for for the NCAA uh, football championship, uh, you know, to, to, this is to make the playoffs, to get to uh, you know the, the the final four here. I got Clemson at minus two seventy five. I think they're an absolute lock. Great uh, recruiting class as well. Alabama, they'll be there. I guess Georgia's the one team that could probably uh, shake it up. What we're talking from the SEC, but um, one team that I'm very very high on. Is there's two teams that I'm looking at for I'll either bet one of these uh, two teams. Texas is finally starting to come around with Tom Herman. The first ten he winning, got a two-year uh, extension season. this week. Yeah, he sure did. He got an extension. I st- I think that program is getting back to where they are. They have re- returning starters. They're plus three sixty, and in the Pac-12, there's only only two teams that can win all the time and I look at it you got Justin Herbert with another year under his belt for Oregon love what Oregon's doing with the defense they've had great recruiting and I think the Ducks at uh, plus 510 are another team they're a little bit better than Washington Washington's going to lose some skilled players as well so if you're looking for teams other than Clemson and Alabama that are almost mortal locks especially Clemson I would look at Oregon and Texas what do you think Mike with the college uh, landscape I, I like the Texas call a lot the Pac-12 has gotten shut out here the last couple of years but yeah. if Oregon Oregon has created some distance between themselves and the rest of the 
pack, excuse my pun, in that yeah. conference, <laughs> then yep. it, and then it can be a scenario where we finally get a Pac-12 team back into it. I'm looking at Georgia plus 800 uh, yeah. here on, but that's to win the whole thing. You that's have right. in front of you to make yeah, the, the playoffs, which is going to be hard. I mean, I think we, we realize, again, it's a little bit of a two-team race. In fact, Cam and I were talking off-air about some of the win totals that came out for Clemson and Alabama, and to go over, they have to both go undefeated. Uh, I think Clemson's got a better shot of doing it. I would suspect that they both do it, but come on. You know, you're playing conference road games in the SEC. Uh, Bama's a yep. lot better than the teams they're playing, but still, Damn you, right. can't, you can't expect these teams to be perfect every season. Yeah, I like Clemson a lot, but plus 180 to win a national championship, that's a little bit much. Lawrence coming back as the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, he's an absolute stud. I think Clemson's better than Alabama, but you're right, Mike, looking outright, Georgia would be a team you can consider. I think Oklahoma, I know you, you bring over Jalen Hurts there, 14 to one's not enough for me. I find the value with Texas, if you're looking at two flyers, Texas is 28 to one, and uh, Oregon, I see 45. So those are teams that are going to be on my radar, but I like Clemson at plus 180. No value though, friend. Uh... <laughs> if you go to if you go to uh, if you go to Fanduel, you get Oregon at fifty to one. So Ooh, shop around. Yes, you do shop around. We always say that shop. you have to shop around because just finding your one book and putting the bet down is a bad strategy. We'll come back. We'll talk about some NBA free agency right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Was it Miami Sound Machine? Uh, yes, I think that's yes. right. Yes. Gloria Stefan <laughs> and the Miami Sound Machine. So, so any longer, yeah, Mike. What are we going to talk? A little uh, NBA. I, I, I have a take, Mike, and I. I this is my opinion, and uh, you're very. I love talking to you about this stuff, but I have a real issue with the the NBA free agency with LeBron James and. Just being, uh, you know, somebody who's been a Toronto Raptor fan, and I, I know Morancy too, it's like, uh, so basically the owners and other people can't talk to players, but LeBron James can call Kawhi Leonard, he could talk to Jimmy Butler, like, what is this, the the LeBron James Basketball League, we're just living in it? I, I find that collusion, that's tampering. You can't be calling these guys and trying to, hey, come on over, Let's, we're going to go play with play with the Lakers. I, I don't know what your take is on it, but it really bothers me. The... Player empowerment movement for 2019 really went yeah. awry with the Anthony when things started with Anthony Davis, which became a True. complete disaster. Alvin Gentry was talking about it openly. He's like, yep. this is as toxic a situation as I've ever been in. Excellent. And point. the guy remained on his team for yeah. the rest of the year. I know. And now they're <laughs> it, it, it created. I mean, this was a lot of fun for the lottery to end up like this. Because now AD actually has to think about it. Huh, I could stay here, 
sign a supermax or is he already under the supermax i can't even remember it i think anymore. he is and yeah. i know that's a good point i think he is so he's already lillard's, under the lillard's supermax. up the supermax he's under the supermax right uh, and then now zion is there and that's actually a really great pairing I understand Anthony Davis's frustrations. He's been there seven years. They haven't built any kind of team around him. He's a first-team All-NBA guy in past years, and he's one of the elite players in the entire sport, right? You would say all else equal. When yep. guys are playing uh, at their best, Anthony Davis is on the first hand, if you're counting on the fingers of guys that you yep. want, right? When he's Protection. not injured, top, top, top four. Yeah. LeBron, him, KD. Uh, Steph, and then him, yeah, he's right. Harden, there. <laughs> Kawhi, yeah, it's right there. Call it six, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kawhi obviously been amazing this playoffs, playing a little hurt, but um, nonetheless, you know this is the player empowerment movement. Look, the NBA has set it up this way, and guys are, you know, setting uh, setting themselves up, and it looks like KD and Kyrie could be a package this summer. Uh, hopefully they come to New York and, and my woes as <laughs> yes. a Knicks fan. But exactly. I exactly. knew the Knicks were not going to win the lottery. That's where I'm at as a Knicks fan, Cam. I knew we weren't going to win it. That was By the way, we only had a 14% chance. It wasn't, yeah. a, it wasn't a good chance. <laughs> Everyone was betting on it, too, like it was some kind of lock, and you got the good vibes with Patrick Ewing and – yeah, no, it was just one of those things. I, I got to tell you, though, I find it very, very interesting how a team um, with uh, with New Orleans, what was what was their percentage? Basically, I think three. Were they three? And or what were they? Six? No, they were six percent in their whole. I think Memphis was three percent. Is that correct, Mike? I think that's right. So, six to three. It's like yeah. those teams win. So yeah. yeah, you had you had New Orleans, Yikes. the yeah New Orleans, the Grizzlies, and the Lakers all moved up. Um, it seems like it's kind of a, a three or four player draft in that sense, but you have other guys like Jared Culver, which will, you know, be in that I top like ten, which I like him a lot. But I don't know if he's got a consistent shot. I don't yeah, know exactly true. what he looks like, but hell, Zion and R.J. Barrett don't either. Um, and Cam Reddish, I mean, he's the type of guy that. I heard this from a another commentator, Ryan Rosillo, who does a lot of work with the ESPN and the Ringer and, and all that kind of stuff. He said, "If you're thinking about taking Cam Barrett at like or Cam Reddish, sorry, at like six or seven, you better really love what he did in high school because nothing you saw at Duke this year yeah. would have impressed you. I understand he's dealing with two guys that are superior players, but uh, what did he do in the last two months of the college basketball season that impressed you?" Yeah, not, not not a lot. No, that's that, that the stock is definitely down there, Mike. And just the whole the whole scenario is very very interesting to me when when we look at the the, the draft and the free agency. But free agency particularly, I gotta believe Kyrie Irving. Do you think his his, his problem with um, with LeBron? Do you do you not see him going to L.A. as he apologized to him? You know, it would surprise I, me if they played together again. It would. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just uh, I, I gotta believe. I, I just I just really have an issue with LeBron James, and I know he's a great player, Mike, but he can't be doing this type of thing, right? Like it's it hard enough with Kawhi Leonard, and uh, you know he, he just does all this stuff. Like he he he's working hard to stay in the city. He wants to make the fans uh, of the Raptors happy, and then you have to deal with a guy that he's gonna hey, want to come play with me. You want to come play with me. You want to come play with me. I just I just think it's wrong. And, um, yeah, it's very, very frustrating, but I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised 
with um, basically Kyrie Irving. He's the one guy. You know, he's dealt with LeBron before. They've had issues before. But uh, I think uh, it's something that's going to work. As for Kevin Durant, probably going to be going to, you know, New York Knicks fan. You'd be happy with that if, if he goes there. And uh, the rest of them, I think it's going to be tough. Jimmy Butler. Think about Jimmy Butler, man. What a, what an absolute fantastic playoff for, for Philadelphia. Jimmy Butler doing, taking that team on his shoulders, playing his ass off. And those were tough circumstances. you got Joel Embiid. you got all these other things happening. And Jimmy Butler took that team on his back. He did a lot. And basically, he had the story uh, saying, you know what? I'm going to get a max contract wherever I go. And Mike, you know what? I can't debate that fact. He he really, really, he's, he's going to get paid. And he did a great job for the Philadelphia 76ers when other guys were ice cold against the Raptors. Yeah, I, I think Jimmy showed the fact that he's like a – I've always liked him, but clearly had problems with the way he blew up the two teams in Chicago and Minnesota. I, I just thought th- there was some unprofessionalism there, and I thought he threw temper tantrums to get his way out. And it looked like for a minute there that he was going to blow up his third team because it wasn't a smooth transition to Philly when he first got there. But I think he showed through the playoffs that he's a guy you want as an asset. I think you know, obviously he can play with Embiid and the rest of the squad. I I think Tobias Harris is probably the odd man out uh, of the crew of the younger of the core players. I think Harris maybe takes leave here because he's a free agent. Uh, And then they build around Embiid and Butler and um, who am I missing? Who's the fourth cog in the wheel in Philly? I'm just blanking. Well, you got, uh, yeah, you got Embiid, you got Butler, you got. uh... (laughs) I mean, I I think they're going to miss out on, like, you know, guys like J.J. Reddick might have to leave. Yeah, good shooter and all. For their money. But, um, you know, I think Philly's going to be fine moving forward. I think you're encouraged with what happened there. It's a bummer that they lost to, to Toronto. But it's like you and I talked about on other shows. The. The best player in these tight series is usually the one whose team is going to come out on top, and it's still Kawhi. There could be a day where then it is. Uh, there could be a day when it is. Uh, yeah, there could be a day when uh, Joel Embiid is the best of the crew, but uh, right now it's still Kawhi Leonard, and I think that's. Uh, I think that's the long and the short of it. I'm encouraged about what happened with Philly uh, during this uh, playoff run. Uh, we'll see who they can keep together. Um, in fact, I'm looking at their salary cap right now. And uh, let's see where there's their salary cap. I'm going to Philly right now. Excuse me. Uh, Cam's going to be back here in a second. We had a little bit of a connection issue. So he's coming right back on here in a minute. So, Oh, Ben Simmons is the guy that I don't know how we were blanking on that. Ben Simmons is the guy that we want uh, will be around there for a bit. So I think you build around a bead Butler Simmons. I think Tobias Harris takes his leave, uh, and then they'll try to piece it together for some other guys here. Uh, Zaire Smith is a first round pick from a year ago. Uh, he had some injury issues, and we'll see what they can bring back. So when it comes to NBA free agency, I do think this will be the most fascinating offseason in the history of the NBA because of the sheer number of pieces that can move. Uh, starts with Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant, D'Angelo Russell, Kyrie Irving. I just mentioned Tobias Harris or, and or Jimmy Butler. Um, 
Clay Thompson, does he stick around because KD leaves? I would say probably. Should should Clay Thompson lose out on his Supermax deal possibilities because of the NBA writers voting on it? I think that's insane. It's the dumbest thing I ever heard. I, I read an NBA writer yesterday on Twitter. He stated that he stopped voting for the NBA all NBA awards when they tied it to players' contracts. It's a massive conflict of interest, so he decided to take his leave of voting for it, a a stance with which I completely agree. I don't understand why reporters... Cam, I don't understand why reporters would have any impact on players' salaries. Uh, Clay Thompson missing out on the Supermax because he didn't make all-NBA third team. I think he handled it as well as he could, especially considering the reporters broke it to him during that press conference, but it's a massive conflict of interest, and I think it's an experiment that that they tried, which they should end immediately. I I, I just don't find it. It's the only sport where I almost feel like basketball in comparison to other sports. It's like the stars can kind of run the league. You know, it's kind of like they can do whatever the hell they want to do. And and it's a big problem. You brought you talked about it from the top of the segment, Mike. I don't want no player should have a power to do that. Oh, I was talking to this guy trying to recruit him. That's that's not what your your job is supposed to be. Um, And it seems to be an NBA issue and compared to another sport issue. And I just think it's wrong. And you know what? We I'm just speaking from, you know, even a Toronto Raptor perspective. Like it's hard to keep players here, even though they fall in love with the city. It's a world-class city, multicultural, great restaurants. It's amazing. Once you get there, people fall in love and go, wow, I never knew it was like this. I never knew it was going to be this beautiful, but it's still hard. There's, there's differences in culture to where you were from, you know, from the Southwest of California, Kauai, Kauai's falling in love with it. Like, you know what I mean? He's just one of those guys saying it's better than I expected, but I don't need LeBron James or anybody else chirping in my ear, talk, talking about anything when you're, you're focused and you just want to play damn basketball. That's kind of my point to the thing. I just don't want these players to, you know, kind of start running things. It feels that way in the NBA. Would you not say in comparison to other sports? There's clearly more pull amongst NBA players in how teams are generated than any yes. other sport. It's the obviously the compact roster is a big part of that. And I think the NBA should do more as much as they can to prevent blatant tampering. Yeah. Um, there's only so much you can do when these guys are friends and they have the same agent and, you know, LeBron has an unusual amount of power, which I'm actually okay with as long as it isn't over the line and tampering. Um, so, uh, by the way, the guy that we were blanking on before was Ben Simmons. I don't know. How oh yeah. Thank you. Got, thank you. Yes. We <laughs> were just blanking on Ben Simmons. As what, a, and what, a, what a guy, what a guy Simmons is when you watch the, the playoffs there, Mike, I've never seen a guy go from like, it, I know players struggle and they hit peaks and valleys. And as humans, we all do, but go from like, absolutely like useless and not into a game to domination. Like after his talk with Julius Irving, you saw what he did against the Raptors. Yeah. Like he started driving to driving to, to the rack and making plays and getting fouled. And that's who and, he is. Yeah, and he, but he can't shoot, that's and that's, a, that's another thing. Yeah, like, that's who you are. You are, like, you have a special body type in that position. You should be going to the rack every single time and then just, you know, work on your jumper. Like, you could be unstoppable if you wanted to be, but, you know. He does work on it, apparently, yeah, but apparently. there's not enough, there's clearly not a confidence level there that he's comfortable with doing in games. It's just so odd that it's in 2019-2020 season it will be for him. He just doesn't shoot threes. It's completely antithetical to the way the rest of the league is going and has gone for him to not be shooting threes. Um, 
is just an oddity. And I, I think they're going to have to continue to work through it. But I think that will be the core and be Butler Simmons uh, moving ahead and Tobias Harris and some other pieces may leave. So yeah, um, got a few minutes left here. It's been great uh, hanging out with you for these last three hours. Why don't we put a bow on it with uh, a couple of those golf props that you're talking yes. about for the U.S. Open? Yes, Mike. And I'm looking at the odds for the U.S. Open and I'm thinking, you know what I mean? We always look for value and we talk about that. But, you know, Brooks Kepka coming off that win, he's the favorite at plus 650. But you know what? You have to bet Dustin Johnson, even at eight to one. Uh, I see him at some places in six. I could see and I've seen him as high as nine. My one book that I'm looking at now is eight. I saw a nine. If you can get it anything over seven. I would click away. You've seen his dominance at Pebble Beach, even when he wasn't the player that he was. Remember the implosion, Mike, in the first major yeah. where he just absolutely fell apart? Like he was up six, five, six strokes, maybe even seven strokes I'm, I'm off the top of my head there. He, like just dominating. That course just sets up for him to absolutely destroy a field in. And that, that price is too good. I can't take McElroy at 12. People will take Tiger at 12. That's not good enough for me. You know, Pebble no Beach will be, able, will be able, of course, he'll do well there, but I need yeah. at least a 16 to 18 on Tiger. That's the Tiger Woods effect that we talk about, like Clemson and Alabama. Uh, the odds are inflated. And I look throughout the list, but a guy that we're coming back to, Mike, I've made three bets. I made three bets so far. I probably make, you know, maybe six total, but I think Dustin Johnson at eight or nine, if you guys can find it, you hammer that down. You don't even have to like top five of them. Eight and a half on be, Eight and a half is good. That's a good, you know what? Eight and a half in a golf tournament at a course that he absolutely demolishes. But, Mike, two guys that we both love, this could be the time. The Tommy Fleetwood, uh, you know what? We're betting. Yeah, we're. I got 33. We're betting Oof. him at every every single tournament. I'm in on Fleetwood at 33, and I'm in at a California kid, UCLA's Patrick Cantlay at 35 to 1. This could be a spot for him, too. If I had three bets, DJ Fleetwood Cantlay. For the you, US get Phil, you get Phil at 24 to 1. Obviously, he's had success at Pebble as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I think I just have to bet Tommy Fleetwood in every major, especially if I'm getting 33 to 1. I, I, I don't know. You probably know better than me if this course sets up specific to Fleetwood. He can obviously hit the ball a long way, even though he's a small dude. But uh, give me some thoughts about maybe Fleetwood specific to this course. I think you and I are fans of his game in general. I, I don't know if Pebble plays better for him uh, or not. No, I, I think it's any course sets up for him. But when it comes to driving the ball, he is perfect. Yeah. And it's one of those things, if conditions come up, he's still for a smaller guy. He's long, so I think that's fine. And I really like Patrick Cantlay. Yeah, it's a perfect co- uh, home game for him, too, being from UCLA. And he's been close before. Remember, this man was leading the Masters. I had a ticket on him at 75-1 to until he looked at the leaderboard, Mike, and then things went awry. Yeah. He's been very, very close. So a 35-1, to I think he's out of the guys. If uh, DJ's not going to win, Fleetwood and Cantlay are on my card. Yeah, I think he got a little – I think this flop sweat started for Cantlay right around 12 on Sunday. <laughs> exactly. And uh, it all came apart, as you said, once he hit the leaderboard. So that tournament is two weeks away. Correct. Uh, it'll be fun. Maybe three weeks on the weekend, but it'll be fun. Well, Cam, it was great to hang out with you. Had a pleasure, Happy Memorial Mike. Day weekend you to you and to everybody else out there. Thank you for all of those who served, and keep us safe. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend and be safe yourselves. It's Mike and Cam. We're out.